Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts. I'm here with my co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hi, Kate. <laughs> and today on the show, we have Barb Patterson. Hey, Barb. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah, we are too. We are too. So, Barb, one of our favorite things that we love to do is to put it to our guests, essentially, as far as introducing yourself. What's really fresh for you right now? Um, What would you just love for people to know about you? It's funny because I was prepared to answer what I want them to know about themselves. Not sure I was prepared to answer what I want them to know about me. Um, you know, I live in Portland, Oregon. I um, am a, a coach, a consultant. I work with people, business owners, solopreneurs, executive leaders around the world. But I have a deep curiosity and passion for who we are at our depth and uh, transformation and where does change and transformation come from and you know I was on a very committed and very long journey in my adult career around how to help organizations how to help leaders how to help myself and other people change and transform and I had a lot of amazing opportunities to learn from people and thought leaders around the world. And I have a lot of information in my toolkit. And um, over the last 10 years, when I started this business, um, this consulting practice, I, it was also timed with the understanding that I know you share in your podcast and with your audience. And that was revolutionary. Um, for me as a individual, but also for my impact and for the work I did with organizations and individuals. And I, so that, that woke up in me that we have so much more going for us than we realize. And that in our innocence to want to bring our best self to life, to our passion, to our work, to our families, to our loved ones. We got an eye for what needs tweaking and fixing and what's in our way. And yet um, the liberation and the revelation has come by looking more in the direction of what we already have within. And it's this variable that I think is talked about more and more, but traditionally was um, never considered. Like, what does it mean that every single human is hardwired and comes already to the table with this deeper nature, this deeper well of 
resilience and creativity and well-being and perspective and hopefulness and love and connection and our unique flavor and way and propensities and quirks and interests, you know, that how does the coming together of that, when we look at ourselves from a holistic point of view, considering both that we are and have within us this deeper spiritual formless creative nature and our human conditioning and preferences and quirks and things we want to do like what does it mean when we look at ourselves in a more holistic way and that was so liberating for me personally because while I was up for the challenge and really optimistic and um, you know glass half full person there was a lot to do <laughs> before I really began to explore and get more curious about what it means that we're, we have this already within us. And as soon as I got as curious about that as I was about how to, how to have a good business and the life I wanted, as soon as I got more curious about that, I started waking up to things that um, were deeply meaningful. But also I moved in my business in a very different way. And so that convert this conversation and wanting to point to organization and leadership and business ownership from this understanding just has been a gift and one that keeps revealing itself. And, um, and most recently, I think I would answer that what brings me most alive is being more bold, that, you know, there is value in looking at the connection between our spiritual nature and our business and our work, that it is not woo-woo, it is uh, not for the faint of heart. Um, it is not just about feeling good, which when I first started hearing this, I kind of thought that's all it was. And I was like, I feel all right. I'm not really interested, <laughs> you know? This is, no, this is that acknowledgement and personal inquiry and the personal relationship that people have with that um, shifts everything and gives us so much more resourcefulness for whatever life is throwing in our way, but also allows us to tap into incredible creativity, problem solving, connection, and ability to listen, which are at the heart of doing well in our work and in our lives and in our organizations. Can you share with us an example of either you personally or someone that you've worked with recently, the, the impact of seeing what you just shared, what that's done for them in the world that we live in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a woman I'm working with right now comes to mind and I'll share a little bit. So she is um, on a couple of different boards that are um, involved in the financial world. And um, she's had to find two positions and these are major, major global organizations. And in our conversation, 
when we start with acknowledging that there, there is an interior landscape within each of us, and it is shaping our moment-to-moment -moment ability to be present, to build rapport, to listen, to be creative. That knowing and that exploration for her, it wasn't as if it was a totally brand new thing for her, right? But again, like me, I kind of thought that was for every area but business. <laughs> you know? That was for love and fulfillment in my life and, and kind of, you know, cool experiences, but that business was something else, right? But in getting more of her own personal felt knowing of her internal landscape and understanding of when she's reactive, when she's, um, you know, sped up, her idol was really high, right? Her, and so, and starting to get more of a feel for clarity of mind, quality of mind, but also that she has within her this reservoir, this well of being that we're talking about that is rich with insight and creativity and connection and rapport. She started to get a feel for the wake she was leaving or bringing to an engagement, right? You know, so in these high powered negotiation or these really intense conversations with other board members, with potential new board leaders, with the industry that is a kind of fast paced, you know, demanding industry, she started to be more willing to play with what was available to her in those meetings, in those high stake environments, when she began to see that there was something beyond her experience, her learning and her ability to control the situation, like that she had other things available to her in the moment. And then also that her idea that she had to push and control an outcome to get it to go the way she wanted you know, she just began to experiment with that and not enter things with that inner force, right? And that attachment. And as a result, she, um, not only did she fill those positions, which I'm not saying she wouldn't have, right, previously, but she got the people that they'd hoped and in addition to that, her experience of every engagement along the way, along the finding and the negotiating and the sharing was so much richer for her and for them. And she started to be able to get to the heart of the matter of things. She could see when her own um, enthusiasm or force was getting in the way and back up. So this idea that she's leaving awake, that there's rapport, that she can trust the present more became, while before she might have read that and thought that makes sense, she was beginning to have her own experiential knowing of that. And I don't know if it's possible that, you know, or, or in this example, whether she could put her finger on what the realization or the insight was that that was the kind of catalyst to making that change happen. 
Well, I can share what we've explored so far because she's mm. still a client. Um, but the idea that how we show up internally, that our internal landscape and feeling is actually contributing to the climate of an exchange. And then she started to have her own ahas, like, you know, and I think it started like with her husband and, and child, you know, she's like, oh yeah, they give me that feedback all the time, you know, and like in a light. And so it was, I think that's how insight works. We hear something and all of a sudden inside of us, we're like, oh wait, there's something here. Right. And then through conversation and through her own willingness to look um, and, and try it out, then she was getting evidence more and more of the value of showing up as much as we can, right? Into the moment, you know, um, less constricted in our minds, less reactive. And what we talked about was, listen, and, and you both know this, like we're human. We get reactive, we get excited, we get forceful, you know, our idol gets high and we're like getting her done, right? You know, like all those things. So the good news is we don't have to walk around quiet, and inner quiet all the time and not, you know, like that's not the goal. It's just, do we know where to go when we need it most? You know, do we know the lever to pull when we need it most? And that question for me personally, especially over these last two years has been invaluable. It has been a safety net. Do I know where to go when I need it most? And yes, it's to that internal space within that well of being. And in that we get, but, but here's what I want to say and why I think it's important is we have to have our own personal experiential knowing of it. And that's just a journey. So I hope I answered your question. You did. You did. To my satisfaction. Anyway. <laughs> well, that matters. Yes. <laughs> um, you said earlier that you started to see something that allowed you to, I think you said, move in your business in a different way. And you also said that we have to have our own experience of, of that. When did you start to see yourself moving differently in your business and how did that come about for you? Like, what was your experience of, of that change? Yeah, I, you know, I've always believed, even when I was young, that we were a part of something bigger. But I would have to say that that kind of creative life force behind everything and, you know, it looked like to me something I had to wield, you know, and then I had to use it to try and create the life I wanted. So it was another job on my to-do list of how does Barb be her best self, right? <laughs> you know, along with managing my procrastination, my, you know, inconsistency, my, uh, all the things, right? And so when I was 
growing and, you know, I'd had two businesses prior and then went back into um, a corporate executive position and came out this time. So I had an idea that I needed to manage myself a lot. You know, I was, I had a lot of strengths, right? But I also had these boogeymen things that could, you know, pull the rug out from under me. And so I felt like, okay, I got to work on my consistency. I got to work on my, um, you know, discipline. I got to be more structured. I got to, you know, like I just had a lot of ideas about how to manage myself so that I could have a successful business. I could contribute and make a difference in the world, which was, which does really matter to me, you know? And so um, when I started to look in the direction that we're talking about, I happened, you know, I, I would have, I would listen to the mentors and teachers that would talk about slowing down from within. And like I said a moment ago, I, I, I just had a misunderstanding. I didn't see the depth of what they were really showing me, you know, because I first heard that like settle. They were asking me to settle for life. And that just sounded horrible and boring. And um, like I would live a life unfulfilled. Like I just couldn't <laughs> hear. What... And then one day I was, sitting at my desk and I was looking out the window and I started to get anxious about my business. And I started to be like, yeah, come on, you're not doing enough. You know, the usual sort of fit place of you got to get focused, you got to do more, you got to. And then I was like, this isn't sustainable what you have right now. And, you know, it's just kind of going to town in a place and thought and cycle that was very familiar to me, but felt really true. Right. And in that moment, like I just call it a moment of grace, right? And I think also a moment where I was ready for because I just kept looking, I kept listening to those mentors and teachers, regardless of my mind arguing with them. There was something inside of me that kept saying, pay attention. And in that moment of grace, a thought came through, which was, I don't want to run my life and my business through insecurity and fear anymore. I don't want to push like this and have the ups and downs of, of you know, creating and, and not from anymore. It was just, and then that was the moment right after that where it was like, okay, I have no evidence that what they say is true. That in a slower internal space, more connected to that well of being, that I will succeed. Because all my evidence points to hard work, grind, push, effort. Um, now, I, like I said, I liked all that. It wasn't, I wasn't complaining. But in that moment, I think I just felt like that underneath all that was this anxiety and insecurity and pressure. And so, like I said, I thought, okay, I have no evidence in my own life that this will work. 
but something inside of me is compelling me to listen. And I think in that moment, I might've even had the thought, okay, you don't have faith in yourself, but can you have faith in what these mentors who you love and respect are saying? And that's all I had in that moment. It's all I had. Um, that and the deeper place that was resonating at some level to it, right? I'm like, okay, I can listen to that spark, that place that's within. And so I, I really went on a journey and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, while I love depth and I love exploring and being in the conversation of that essential nature, the deeper nature within, I'm also really practical and I love the um, creating and I love business and I love helping entrepreneurs, solopreneurs look at their business models and they're aligning who they are with their expression in the world. And I love helping leaders, you know, like I love all that. So um, I, in my quest to want to have my own experience of that, I was like, you got to show me the practical. Hmm. You gotta, because while I love this other, it, you know, I want to see how it relates to the everydayness of what we want to create in our lives. And so yeah, and, and that's the beauty of our own internal, um, like evolution is natural, right? So something gets sparked and you're on a learning curve already. See, I thought I had to manage that before. So one of the first places I, you know, started to take my hands off the wheel a little bit was around this idea of, um, do I have to manage my own growth and learning? And so with this curiousness I had about what does it mean that we have this deeper nature, this well of being, what does that mean? And why does it matter other than feeling good and, you know, that piece of it. And I started to see in practical ways how that creative potential of our mind, right, that's innate in every single one of us, doesn't need Barb's help. You know, it doesn't mean I don't study at times, right? But the innate nature of our mind to be creative, to um, come back to equilibrium, to shift all day long between constriction and expansion, to see the innate nature of it, to see that well of being underneath and to have more of a relationship to that, that space within. I started noticing like in really simple ways, I would see things like, Oh yeah, like I never think about what I'm gonna say when I'm in a grocery store and you know somebody says hello to me. You know, like the creative potential of the mind just lets me enter into conversation. I started to see how in the conversations with family and friends, it would just go everywhere and it would be rich and fun and connected. I wasn't trying to manipulate it, control it, and you know, putting pressure on myself about it. So then I started to play with that in my client work. You know, not that I, I, I came already with a lot of experience and, and confidence, but I wanted to see, could I go even more relaxed? Could I be more of just authentically who I am without bringing all my skills and strategies to an exchange? What would happen if we let the moment, the organic nature of the moment come alive in our sessions? And then I started to see more impact. So 
I started in really simple and more profound ways, starting to see that, wow, when that has more room in me and in my work, even my creative endeavors, I'm often getting touched by life more often. I'm tapping into potential that I'd only hoped about doing before. I'm trying new things and not being as hard on myself if it doesn't work out. I'm, you know, so all of that just helped me when I say I moved in my business differently. I started to, in a way, I felt like I had um, a new team member, new data, new, <laughs> new resource, and I was more relaxed. And now I still get anxious about things like don't hear me wrong. And I still get really attached and I question myself. And this last year, my business has been you know, a, another opportunity to go even deeper. But um, when I started to see, oh, I am experiencing more fulfillment, more ease, more creativity and more impact. And my business is growing every single year. That's when I was like, yep, yeah, okay. I wanna, there's value here. <laughs> it's not just feeling good value. You know, I've, I've known you, it's 10 years this month, Bob. Yeah. That's why. Years this month. Yeah. So time of recording is January 2022. So January in 2012. And we were students at Michael Neal Supercoach in 2012. And then became really good friends as a part of that process. Mm -hmm. And we met and you'd already been working. I think you'd started working, I think, that month with Michael Neal in, in kind of intensively for a year. And then met George and Linda Pransky in the February. Yep, yep. And then I think if I recall correctly in the March of that year, then the following month when we were all back together in Los Angeles, that you decided to move to La Corner or you already had moved to La Corner to spend time with George and Linda Pransky. That, that, do I remember that right? Accelerate it. Yeah, it's, you, you've got it a little accelerated, but I met George and Linda. We went out to lunch hmm. um, and hit it off. And then I went up to see them in the summer. I think it was like end of June, July. And then I was supposed to be there a couple of weeks. It extended to three and we just really connected. And I think the three of us saw potential in our relationship. And then I also start, when I was there, I started doing some stuff with their daughters, you know, Kara and Erica and coaching them. And so at that, when I was there, they said to me, why don't you come back? We'll mentor you in exchange. You can coach Kara and Erica and support them. And, um, and then I went back and the joke is that, you know, we all said, I think we were all like a little careful, like just till the end of the year. And then I was like, yeah, just till the end of the year. Cause you know, I got a life and a new thing. And, um, I stayed two and a half years, but yeah, it was when, um, George and Linda and I then, created the mentoring program together. Yeah. And, and going back to something that you said a few minutes ago, then it was a leap of faith as though my words to one way of saying what you said effectively, because you had no evidence that they were onto something. Yeah. And yet you still went there because you just went, there's something here. Yeah. And I, there's, there's something in that, that I noticed for me that I'm grateful I listen to more and more as the years go by that I can hear it enough 
-hmm. And then I listen to it more because there are those nudges underneath the story I have of me and what Wynne should be doing in the world and what Wynne should be doing with his life and all of the insecurities that, that I might have about myself. And underneath all of that are those nudges that have guided me amazingly over that, well, not just the last 10 years, my entire existence, but unbeknown to me, unconscious to me. I've not been aware of them until I have been, and then I bump into them more and more. And in listening to you today, and I don't know the last time you and I chatted, it's been at least a year or two, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I love the fact that you keep going deeper and stay that curious in the way that you are seeing things fresher and deeper all the time. So I wanted to, to highlight that as well. Thank you. And there's something else that I think for anyone who is in the world, in the community that we, that we work in and the community of what we call the three principles as discovered by Sydney Banks, in that community and the extended community that is now thousands of people around the world, that there's a, a grace that I have felt in you working with me when you're mentoring me that made me think that I was okay regardless if I was messed up. That you, your ability to see the perfection even if someone is struggling, the perfection, even if someone is striving, the perfection, even if someone is really feeling under the cosh. And you used the word grace earlier on. Were you always that way? I think I have always been unafraid of people's humanness. Um, now, that doesn't mean that intense feelings when I was little and at times didn't sh shake me, right? But the humanity of we're flawed and yet so um, beautiful has been something that I think has always been in my, you know, I, this is kind of crazy thing, but I remember being little and, you know, we were Catholic, we grew up, but like we were the Christmas Easter Catholic people, you know, so it wasn't a strong like kind of, but it did mean going to Catholic school. And um, I remember like them talking about original sin and for whatever inside of me, to like, yeah, nah, don't buy that. You know, they're there when you're Catholic and you receive communion or the whole uh, at church right before it, you say, I am not worthy to receive you. Um, I wouldn't say that. Now, I have a lot and I have had a lot and I still battle at times with unworthiness. So don't hear that. Is. <laughs> but I'm just pointing to that because. I don't know, there, there is something about people that I've always cherished. And um, yet I do have to say that in my training, the 20 plus years of training before coming across this, 
I did look at myself and other people as having issues and having problems to overcome and having things that got in their way of happiness and having obstacles and subconscious beliefs that might be getting in the way. I, I thought that maybe their past meant they were limited because I thought it meant for me, you know? So I do think this understanding has helped me see the innate health and well-being and perfection of people way more deeply. You know, like rather than just loving and kind of wanting people to feel good about themselves, this understanding in this direction took me to a very deep place and continues of, do I see your innate well-being regardless of what's presenting in front of me right now? Do you see it? Do I see it? And can I connect to that within you? Thank you. Now, I wonder if you know, there's only so much that we can offer people until we offer that to ourselves and really see that for ourselves, our own well being. And I feel like when we have started to touch that, I think that that just naturally comes through in what we do. Yeah, I think that's beautiful and, and just so true. And, you know, I can't tell people it's okay to be themselves if I feel like there's parts of me that aren't okay to be who I am, you know, and I, now I can point people there, but this is where impact, I think, really comes in, in working with people. Our impact significantly shifts based on what you're saying, Kate, you know, that when I have touched, and a little goes a long way, that's the good news, but when I have dipped into that place of okayness and wholeness, it leaves a lovely residue and imprint. And then I can't help but have that be a part of what I offer in the field and in the exchange with people. When it's theory, I can point people there and they have the potential to still go there. But you're right, I think there's something really profound, beautiful, but also impactful that when we get on our own journey with this, then our, it is more natural. It just is. We, we share what we see. And that comes through not just in our words and our concepts, but in our ability to connect. I don't always see that a little goes a long way. Like, and I'm only, I think I'm only starting to see that I didn't realize I'd created a story about what it looked like, what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> what I was supposed to look like or sound like. And uh, because of that, like, like being in that story, I didn't always see that a little goes a long way. Like the value of it, those moments. 
I feel a lot of gratitude, I think, lately that I have started to see the story, get suspicious <laughs> of myself. Yeah. And, and you're right, when, when we start to let go of that, as people who support others or give to others or help others see something new, like there's a universe in those moments. There's you know, so much possibility, I think, that opens up in that space that we get to share. And sometimes without saying anything. Yeah, the word that comes back for me as you share is that's liberation. Like when we realize we can bring our full self. And by the way, that's the messy bits, the profound bits, the deep bits, the shallow bits, the, you know, all the striver as well as the person that just wants to be inside of, you know, like that liberation is realizing I don't need to create some idealized image of myself. There is no idealized image to attain right? We are, as we are, the full expression of the divine within, the full expression, and that shows up in our unique flavor. It's like that universal energy, life force, you know, behind all of life, that is universal, but it comes through us in an individual way. And so often I thought I needed to tweak all those bits and pieces to be pleasing, to be successful, to be credible, to be, to have my heart's desires. And more and more, I keep coming back to, oh no, how do I allow all of it? How do I allow? And, and in that allowing, it's like I've brought in my experience because I'm giving myself more permission to experience the full range of our human experience rather than trying to control it. I only like feeling this way. I don't want to put myself here. You know, it's like, no, no, let it go. Be free. Let it fly. Let your wild fly. Let your quirkiness be there. And then go on the journey of embracing and embodying both your humanity and your divine nature like that's that's liberating that's liberation that's free that's transformative rather than thinking i still got things to you're growing you're learning we're evolving we will we'll see blind spots and they'll fall away we don't have to manage that i love that reminder that we don't have to do that But that's not on us. I don't even know if we even have to allow it as much as just notice when we're not. <laughs> and then we're back. Well, I'm sure, you know, you've heard this from their mouths as well. But I, I think that's kind of one of my favorite things from that sort of first generational students of SIDS that, you know, they would tell stories where he would come out and they'd all be talking and, you know, talking about the understanding and the principles and all that. And he'd be like, stop it. 
You know, they'd be at a barbecue and he'd be like, stop talking about that. Just enjoy yourself. Or he'd send them back out into the world and tell them not to come back. You know, just because it's like we can in our earnestness, right? And our desire to want to see more, to want to grow and all of that and make a difference. We can start to take it all a little too seriously, right? And then it's like all of a sudden we're, we're weighted down by the, you know, the, the, our journey versus just seeing like, oh, wait, no, it's, there's something to knowing that because it's innate, we are never not connected. Bob, every time I listen to you, there's something else that falls away or something else that I see more deeply. And given how long we've known each other and how many conversations we've had, that's a lot. So that does say a lot. Um, thanks again for today. It's been beautiful as always and really, really good to see you. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you for the invitation and the exchange. It's been nice to be in your presence today. Thank you. You've been listening to this week's episode of Under the Noise with our special guest, Bob Patterson, whose details you can find in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube. And uh, from Kate Roberts and myself, thanks again for listening. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.